Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are reviewing everything that happened in week 12 of the 2020 college football season. We're going to talk about the Gator game. We're going to talk about a whole lot of other games in rapid reactions. We Lots of games. We got Lots some discourse. Lots of games. Got some discourse, we my friend. discourse to have. Um, we are also going to talk about our five wide games. Why I had, I think, the best five wide week since we started the podcast. Um, we're going to, of course, do two point, and then we'll end with our moment of the week. Tyler, we begin, as we do every review episode, talking about the brand new AP poll, which has just recently here been released. Um, stuff is normal. All right. Bama, Notre Mostly, Dame. Really not that much changed. Nothing, nothing changed in the top eight. Oregon, welcome to the top 10 for the season. You are number nine. Miami is number 10. And Northwestern, after a top 10 victory against Wisconsin yesterday, is moved has moved from 19 all the way up to 11. And let me just say, AP, why are we ranking Miami above Northwestern? Explain it to me. Explain it to me in depth. Write the letter out. Email sidelinejudgment at gmail.com. I need answers. I have to agree with that take. Not unfortunately, but like I have to agree with that take. Like My... I mean, my... I, I think Miami would probably beat Northwestern on a neutral field. No, no, no. Let me, let me fix your Maybe. sentence. I think D'Eric King would beat Northwestern. King, that's, that's the better way to put it. Yeah. That's the way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, Northwestern, you know, I got to say, like, and we'll talk more about the game in a little bit, but mm-hmm. Northwestern started off the season playing a different style of football than they usually do. It's kind of reverted back to what they always play, a different mm-hmm. little bit, a little bit of a different flavor of their always play. Yeah. But, you know, when Northwestern is playing Northwestern ball well, I just feel like they just suck to play. Like they, they suck the life out of the teams that they play. And and we'll go more in depth with that in five wide because we did talk about that Wisconsin Northwestern game. So I want to talk about my takeaways from that later on. But I'm with you. Northwestern should be ranked above Miami. And it's a travesty that they are not. And they're 11th and just outside the top 10. Um, in other words, Coastal Carolina wins a football game and drops a spot. Um Oklahoma jumps all the way up to 14. Georgia has a dynamic offensive performance, stays the same. Um, we'll talk about defense, that in a bit. Because their defense. There's a lot we'll of reasons. We'll talk about There's it. a lot of reasons. And I then, think I, I super have a problem with in this poll. Really. Me too. Like, the, the, only, the only thing I do have a problem with is Northwestern being below Miami. Yeah. But other than I that, agree. everything's pretty much the same. And welcome back to the top 25, North Carolina. Bienvenidos. Yeah. You've been quiet for a little while. Been quiet for a bit over there. Congrats. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tyler, let's go ahead and jump into the Gator game. Let's talk about it. Florida 38, Vanderbilt 17. We were on the road. The Gators arrived to the stadium late, partially dressed due to uh, the what they call small locker room. And I'm being generous because I've heard a lot of other things about that Vanderbilt visitor locker room. Because of that, they got to the stadium late, they were already dressed, and they didn't take halftime in the locker room. They kind of stayed underneath the shade on the field like a peewee football team. Um, the what, what was What's your reaction with this game? Because if you were on Twitter within the first seven minutes, ten minutes of the game, it was a dumpster fire. But if you were on Twitter in the second half, it was a different story. How did you feel about the game, Tyler? Uh, so a couple things. One, Florida always plays Vanderbilt weirdly. Um, so yep. just put that out in the universe as a disclaimer. Like, uh, I think that there is something to be said about the fact that. Um, all right. So, so okay. So 
Florida is the Big 12 team. Um, the I think the SEC is the Big well, 12. The, the SEC is the new Big 12. Yes. Which, by the way, is this what we want football to be? We'll have that discussion later. <laughs> um, but Florida is a, a, a in Oklahoma's prime, Oklahoma style team. Where like, yes. this defense isn't great, but in in this game, like in most of the games that they played, at a certain point, it didn't. It doesn't really matter. The offense, once again, the offense struggled. They scored thirty eight points. And, and, big... and did they even did they even really struggle? They, they didn't. They weren't as on fire as they usually are. They still right. scored 38 points, which is the lowest point total of the season, <laughs> um, which that's a lot to say. Early on, though, I think there's something to be said for the fact that the Florida defense, Todd Grantham's defense, continues to feel unprepared. Yes. Continues to feel like tempo is the bane of their existence because they can't get the call in for what their defense wants to play. In mm-hmm. which case, I, it seems like it should be easier that you should just play some base and then 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 choose to switch it up but that is like if Vanderbilt's not a team that can that can expose that in the sense of getting a win out of it right Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt this Vanderbilt team fights and I'm it's, I love Derek Mason we, we both love Derek Mason here on this yeah program, we do we do and I love that about them they're just not good but Ken, and, and, Ken Seals has a lot of potential that's what I was gonna play. say they have a they have a good young freshman quarterback that can develop to be a good SEC quarterback they have a head coach that is never, ever, ever going to quit. We know that for sure. He is never going to quit. And they kind of just took advantage of a team that, and you said it, that was the best way to put it, Tyler. It's the best I've ever heard it, that the defense looks unprepared at the beginning of games. And that is a concern. We saw in the second half, finally, the starters were pulled. They put the yeah, young guys they, in they at a certain finally, point. And Gamelin said it after the game that he made it a point to the defensive staff during the game that he didn't like how they weren't playing their young players. Because you look, Dan Mullen, the way Dan Mullen substitutes people on offense, people are coming in and out all the time. Yeah. We have true mm-hmm. freshman wide receivers on the field. There, there's a reason that Trask like, there's a reason that Trask gets the ball out to seven, eight, nine guys each game. Because there's always people coming in. Always rotation. That doesn't seem to be a thing for the defensive side of the ball this year. Mm-hmm. And I hope that Dan Mullen makes it a point to to step in and, and make that a difference because it's just not working with some of the players that they have. And I don't even know if it's really the player's fault. I just think that in a way it has to be because the, of the unpreparedness can only be one side so much. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is a problem. And it's a problem that's going to continue to rear its ugly head for Florida. Again, yeah, and- Florida's offense is so good. There's maybe there's one team on the schedule that I think can actually do something about that. And even then, I still think Florida has a shot to win that game. Right. Because when you have an offense led by a special player like Kyle Trask, who only threw a pedestrian three touchdowns and 380 yards, uh, it was it was an off day for the Heisman. Off front day. Runner. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love like doing uh like watching gator twitter and it was just like oh god this is this is a rough game they're going up on watching like national media and be like kyle trust stays on top of the heisman race it's it's Uh, funny it's funny because there's a thing where well first of all i saw a thing the other week where it said you know florida doesn't need to do a heisman campaign for kyle trust because the brand speaks for itself yes and no in my opinion because i feel like it's that kind of arrogance that kind of gets you and then people and then you're end up getting this results of like, oh my God, I can't believe that this and that, whatever, there was a, wow, I can't believe we got robbed of a Heisman, or wow, I can't believe the committee's not giving us respect, because Florida fans are typically in their own little bubble, 
Yeah, I agree with this. A that lot. we need to pop the bubble and just get out there and realize that, hey, yeah, okay, the defense, maybe not the best, but can we acknowledge for a fact that the defense, what was it? They allowed 10 points in the first quarter, first, whatever, first half when it was close. Yep. 10 and then points. allowed, and then allowed only one other touchdown for the rest of the game. Uh, like, friend of the pod, Michael Phillips, uh, texted us with a great piece of information there. Yes. Um, Early on in the first about uh, fi- the first quarter, Vanderbilt dominated time of possession ten minutes to five. The rest of the game, Florida basically ended up getting about a forty minute to twenty minute um, time of possession advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we give and we give this defense a lot of you know crap, and we should because it's not very good. But right. um, it is it is like I said, this is a good Big Twelve team where it's like most of the time. It doesn't have to be, you know, the 2015 Gators defense. It just has to be good at playing with a lead. Exactly. And it's typically Florida's defense is good with playing with a lead. They're not mm-hmm. good about playing close games. Correct. The good thing is that the, in most games that they've played, their offense has been able to keep them playing uh, with a lead. And there's something and, to be said about the level of competition. But then again, yeah. the best team we've played, the so-called best defense in the country with Georgia, we were able to control that football game after going off to a slow start. You know, yeah. so that we've seen it before, granted against better competition. But I th- I think that's I think we're going in circles and we're both on the same point where the defense needs to improve. But the I at least find solace that in the second half, the young guys are playing, getting them more yeah. reps. And I hope that they continue to do that because listen, I love Marco Wilson. He went to Heritage. He's from Broward County. Don't tell that's me. Your boy. That's my like, that's my boy. When he signed, I told you and I said, listen, man, I, I this is my guy. He has been an embarrassment out there this season. Yeah. He is a shell of who he once was. And it's a thing where that has gone off to the rest of the secondary as well. So you know what? Yeah, give me the young guys. Raul asked me a question. He said, do you think it's more of coaching or Mullen not recruiting well? And I said, no, I think it's coaching because the recruits are there. The young they're just, guys— They're not on the field. They're not on the field yet, exactly. And and we're, we're, we're hitting—this is the area. So just a little big thing here. This mm-hmm. is the area where Jim McElwain's bad last recruiting cycle uh-huh. intersects with Mullen's recruiting cycles. Yes. Where we're finally – all of the upperclassmen on this defense, they are the last era of Mac recruits, which was his worst cycle. Mm-hmm. And we know that experience is a big deal with these with the, with the uh, this coaching staff Yeah. Um, from a top-down perspective. Especially on so, the defensive side of the ball with Grantham. Especially on the defensive side of the ball with Grantham. So and I, I think Florida's had good recruiting classes, not great, not you know Kirby Smart and Alabama, but they've been recruiting in the top ten every single year that Mullen's yeah. gotten there. Right. And there's like different tiers within the top ten of recruiting, but better, they're in the top ten, better than Vanderbilt, the country. Yeah, the recruits are there, the players are there, the young players are there, and they're just not seeing the field. And that mm-hmm. I think is a problem that I I like to believe will be start being addressed mm-hmm. because Dan Mullen said he addressed it in game. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine. It's going to, and I think it's going to be addressed in some capacity. Yeah, and and I think the fact that Mullen told us that he said something means that this isn't the first time he did it, right? A lot of coaches yeah. they like to keep a lot of things in house, and I guarantee you that's not the first time that he had the conversation with Grantham about play the young guys, play the young guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes for the rest of the season. It'll be interesting to see, you know, later on in silly. I know South Carolina kicked off silly season, but silly season. Later on with coordinators and stuff, maybe we make a change at the coordinator position for someone who will play the young guys. 
But then again, Mullen has we'll been to known see. to he's been known to hang on to his guys. So, so well, we'll that's, so it's funny because people people bring up that this kind of last thing we'll probably say on this. Looking forward mm-hmm. to the future, Mullen's been known like as a head coach, he's only ever fired one coordinator, mm-hmm. and that was his worst defensive coordinator that was absolutely terrible. Right. Um, and then hired Grantham after that. Um, all of his coordinators typically leave for better jobs. Now, this is kind of the different thing where, like, he hasn't ever fired coordinators. You have to remember, he's his own offensive coordinator. So that's Correct. like the entire half of the ball that just never – you don't even have to worry about firing people because you don't mm-hmm. really fire people. Right. Because um, you are basically the offensive coordinator. Um, mm-hmm. Then for defense, he typically – Mullen typically has really well-coordinated defenses, and he's been really good about picking the really good defensive coordinators. And I mean, Tom Todd Grantham, I think, is like an okay defensive coordinator. He had good defenses the last two years. Um, mm-hmm. This is the worst raw. This is the worst defensive talent he has this season. So we'll see if it happens. I'm not. It really depends because if if Florida gets the SEC championship game and it is they they lose in a not close way because of their defense, mm-hmm. that would probably spark a change. Okay. Okay. But. I don't know it because it, because you know how I mean I know I, I, this pretty sure this is how coaches think but it's like if Florida loses by a touchdown in that game, Mullen will just be like, all right, well you know what we had all the pieces we were this close let's just try and run it back. Well, that's what happened in last year's Georgia game. They said yeah. how how big is the gap and he said a touchdown, which wasn't true, but that's the way they think, you know. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess that's it on Florida. Next week, Tyler, who are we playing next week? Kentucky. Kentucky. Florida opened as a 23-point favorite. I hate that number. <sighs> it is giving me goosebumps. We'll we'll talk about that later on, Tyler, because we don't want to we don't want to go too far too further on the Florida in the future stuff. Let's go to rapid reactions. Let's talk about some games that happened yesterday. Uh, let's start with the game where you texted me, "quote We need to have that Michigan conversation." We have to have um, a discourse. An we do a discourse for this one. Michigan 48, Rutgers 42 in triple overtime. You do not have the Big Ten Network. But no, I, I don't. But I do. So I watched probably the last five minutes. The, the, I watched the fourth quarter in all of the overtimes. <sighs> Tyler, there's a – okay, let's do the game and then we'll talk about Yeah, so I mean, like, objectively, like, you know, you know, out of context – I went back and watched the highlights. Out of context, um, take the the – names on the jerseys off great great football game it, it was entertaining i will say that entertaining football game it was just weird to see the football game was this was very much a um this was very much a tcu kansas state this is what this game uh, was but uh, the jerseys were michigan Rutgers, and so it should have been a blowout for michigan but because greg Schiano is the king of new jersey and because uh harbaugh has just not been himself the past couple years. Or um, has he? Or I was going to say, or has he reverted back? Um, um, it was interesting because Michigan was losing in this football game. They come back in the second half and their first the, lead was in the fourth quarter against Rutgers. Their first lead was in the first quarter against Rutgers. Yes. Fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter against Rutgers. Um, and it was all screen passes. Everything was screen passes. Rutgers did not understand that the screen was something that they needed to defend. Now, Michigan did make a quarterback change in this game. They started Joe Milton, ended up putting Cade McNamara in, and Cade had a good game. He went he, 27, he well. 27 for 36, 260 yards, and four touchdowns. 
Had a good football game, won't lie. Hassan Haskins as well, 25 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Now, those are inflated stats because three overtime periods. But um, still, McNamara had a control of the game. It was it was nice to see that the quarterback kind of felt comfortable. Granted, it was Rutgers. Now, Rutgers was playing much, much better as well. You know, the offense was clicking, and they ended up getting a touchdown and a two-point conversion to send it to overtime. And then, of course, college kickers, both the Michigan kicker misses. And then, I don't know what you're doing, Greg Schiano, by playing for the 45-yard field goal. And then they missed the field goal. And then you had him right there. You could have gone for the throat. Just, I know. Anyway, um, Tyler, this discourse about Michigan is, okay, I'm going to phrase the question this way. Okay. How realistic of a possibility is it that we see Harbaugh not coaching Michigan next year? I would say it's realistic, very mm-hmm. realistic, but I, I don't, I wouldn't bet on it, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. here's my hot take. It is worse for Michigan that they won this game. It is long-term worse. Are we Michigan. entering Clay Helton USC territory yes, for Michigan? Yes, because oh, cause here's the thing. You lose to Rutgers – that's it. You know, that, like, cut it off. Like, but here's the thing. They still won this game. Mm-hmm. That is a W in the win column. And we all know it. You can excuse a lot if you win. A yeah. lot if you yeah. win. That was, I mean, hate to always bring it back to Florida, but Jim McElwain coasted off two seasons of winning like this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, where it didn't, it, yeah, Florida didn't look great. The offense looked terrible. But they won the games. They won the SCEs yeah. twice. And then when he stopped winning, then it was out the window. Mm-hmm. This, it, It's like, and bring it back to my own Jacksonville Jaguars, like where I'm so terrified of they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, and Jacksonville always plays the Steelers well. But um, of, I'm, they're 1-9. I'm so terrified of them winning a single game for the rest of the year because all it takes is one win for people to be like, you know what, let's give Doug Marone another shot. Right. He, he, he got the job when he was the interim because they won one game at the end of the year against the mm-hmm. Titans in 2016. Like, that that's it. And Michigan has a W. And I, I, thought, I think, obviously, it's better for their season that they got the W. But I think right. for long-term, for Michigan, you're, you'll, I think Michigan fans might look back and wish that they had lost this game. Because then you know. Then you're like, okay, no, we can't. Like, you can't lose to Rutgers. Yeah. In 2016, Michigan beat Rutgers, uh, I think, like 70 to 14. Well, I was, it, it was, they said on the broadcast that in the past five games that these teams have played, so in the past five years, Michigan has outscored Rutgers like 275 to 35. And yeah. Michigan, Rutgers had 35 points. At the time, Rutgers had 35 points in that game alone. So it's these weird things where Michigan is allowing themselves to go down to a level that isn't acceptable for Michigan fans. And that's the thing where Michigan, I wouldn't say Michigan is a blue blood program, but there are, there's very few blue bloods in my opinion. There's an Alabama, that's there's true. the Ohio States, there's, uh, see, I, I can't even like give myself to like name the true, like there's Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a blue blood program because yeah. they have to have that century long history. Michigan has a yeah. century long history, but it's not of winning. It's of being competitive. It's of it's a being a in the game. conversation. But it's they a don't being win. in the conversation. Exactly. They have they one don't national win. title in the last fifty years. It was nineteen ninety seven, and they shared it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it not wasn't even, even theirs. A thing. Wasn't even a thing. So that's that's where I'm bringing this thing up with Michigan, where 
it may not be a blue blood per se, but it definitely is an institution where you're not going into triple overtime against Rutgers to win a football game on the road. Like, there's no way that that's happening. That should Number not one. be acceptable. Number two, I want to know since it's very realistic that, that Harbaugh would go, what would Mich- what would Michigan do? Because because there's a there's a genuine debate to say that it doesn't get better for Michigan in terms of in terms of Harbaugh's first three years, ten wins, competitive. They're a bad call away from beating uh, Ohio yeah. State uh, three four years ago. That's gonna be the greatest what if of, of my college it, football lifetime. It, it it probably is because it, it's a thing where if they win that football game. The narrative's completely changed. Recruiting completely changes because that was Ryan Day's first year. So it's, no, that was that was Jim Harbaugh's uh, second to last year. That, that was, was that's what I'm saying. But it's it's Ryan. It was Ryan Day's first year as coach. No, it was it was uh, Urban Meyer's last year. No, that was because Urban Meyer fell on the ground because they won. Like, but exactly. The but they, but they, they would have gone to the Big Ten championship. They would have smacked Wisconsin. I'm not they, even entertaining. Yep. Like, agreed. They would have gone to the playoffs. That was a good team. Would they have lost to Alabama? 100. percent But. They would have been to the playoff. They would have they been to Ohio been... State. Those two things. They would have had a Big Ten championship. Those exactly. three things. And there's a thing everything. where Harbaugh beat Ohio State. That is so much bigger than people give it credit for. That's such a big thing. So the question is, does it get better? Who Can they get yes. someone to make it better? It, it, it can get better. I want to give you two steps to how it get, gets better. Uh, how? One, hire Matt Campbell. Two, prosper. <laughs> Okay, so let's say Matt Campbell doesn't want to leave Iowa State for Should a dumpster fire. Should he take the job? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, so, he's at Iowa State where they're not going to ever fire him for one in five. Like, no, he's not. No, he's in a like, good scenario in terms of job He's security. in a Kentucky situation. Exactly. But the thing is, the name being thrown around is Luke Fickle, obviously. He's the best group of five coach on the market. I don't 100%. think Luke. I don't think Luke Fickle takes the job. Because not only was he born and raised in Ohio, not only was he – he's – I think I heard something on – I think it was the Cover 3 podcast that said he's only coached like besides – Like one year outside of Ohio. One year like, outside of the state of Ohio. Like it's not a thing where he isn't going to go away. And you think the, the kid that was born and raised in Ohio that did, was a grad assistant at Ohio State that ended up being on the staff at Ohio State is going to go and take the Michigan job? I mean he turned down the Michigan State job. Yes. Well, that was okay. That was a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I. But I mean, still, like. But that's the point that's... where who who can they get that can make that realistically that can put them in a position better than Harbaugh's peak. I'm sticking with what I said. I think I think Matt Campbell's the number one of those type of people. Because here's the thing: you're never going to not be second fiddle to Ohio State. It, maybe it, in, Michigan maybe fans, sometime in the Michigan fans hate to future, hear that. But not now. But they not hate now. to hear that. But you are right. But with the roster that they have, what I'll give Harbaugh credit is that, like, they've kind of adjusted their recruiting their roster to try and have a more modernized offense. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that everything with Harbaugh is very reactionary, mm-hmm. like uh, everything that he does. But with the, off- with the roster that they have right now, the talent that they have right now, Matt Campbell's whole defensive system and the offenses that he likes to run, perfect for what they have. Mm-hmm. I still, I mean, I think that gets you better. I think that gets you more competitive, more actively competitive. But I, I don't know if that gets you to beat Ohio State. I mean, I mean, I mean, Matt Campbell at Iowa State has beaten Oklahoma twice, so like anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, but okay, um, but beating, no offense, to Oklahoma, but, but beating Oklahoma, photo. yeah, this is being, a it's a photo. different thing, and and it's different when it's not your direct rival. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not that kind of animosity in the fan base, so. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. How I'm interesting. I'm fascinated to see what happens because, like, this 
Because this entire time, every time that they struggle, I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to fire Harbaugh. Like, I just don't know. He's... And I don't even know if they still will, but I, it's way more on the table now because you can't look like this. No. You just no, can't, you can't look like this. This is definitely the hot. It's weird. It's, I feel like this is the hottest that Harbaugh's seat has been, even though it's a win. Even Winning in triple win. overtime against Vanderbilt would not be as bad for Florida as, as this is. Correct. It's Rutgers. It's Rutgers. Wow. Like, All right, well. I don't care that this is a good Rutgers team. No. Um, let's let's move forward and uh, let's 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 blow through these rapid reactions because okay. Good discourse. Good discourse though, Tyler. Good discourse. Tulsa thirty, Tulane twenty four. This was a Thursday night game. We an both incredible saw last ten minutes. An incredible last ten. A minutes. fantastic ending to this oh. football game. Those of us who allegedly bet on Tulsa were thrilled with this result. <laughs> um. Tulane has a true freshman quarterback from Broward County, Florida. I don't want to hear otherwise, Tyler. He's from Broward. We're claiming him played at Deerfield Beach. All right. Eddie Dats um, as a quarterback is from Broward. Well, so he was okay, so here's the thing. He was from um he's from Boca. He played at Boca for his first three years. But then he transferred his senior year to Deerfield Beach, which I would like to remind the listeners is on the Broward side of the Broward Palm Beach border. Therefore, I am filing a waiver claim. I hope okay. I'm number one on the waiver wire to go ahead and get him on our I'll roster. I'll let you have this. I'll thank you. Have thank this. you. But yeah. we have referred to him as Eddie Dats in quarter as a quarterback form in quarterback form. Um, that, that joke will apply to about 20 people that listen to this, but- <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> won't be um, won't be many people will get that. But he but- he played well. Um, Michael Pratt is his name. He. It was weird because his like stat line isn't the best, but then again, this was a game that was zero zero at halftime, um, and the second that, half was that, just that last court, that that go ahead touchdown pass where they went mm-hmm. two lane goes for the throat like yes. one minute left instead of trying to settle for a field goal, mm-hmm. incredible. The fact that then Tulsa's third string QB comes down and throws a hail mary that happens to work, and let me say that like, was a fantastic throw. It really Back of the was. end zone, it was fantastic. It's been a week of Hail Marys out here. Like, I know, right? First Kyler Murray and now this. and So, oh, excuse me, my bad. Sneeze there. Yeah. So, he does that. Overtime. Then we go to overtime. And then what happens in, in the first overtime, they both kick field goals, send it double overtime. What happens on, like, the fourth play of double overtime, Tyler? Michael Pratt throws a pick six. <laughs> <laughs> and it, here's the thing. It wasn't even a bad decision, in my opinion. No, like, it, and it we both a, said the it. The guy was open. It was it was supposed to be a good throw, but the linebacker just jumped up and made a play. It was like, a good read. It was a good read by good, the Tulsa like, linebacker. I, it's just a great game. It was great. It was a great game. Um, it was very, very interesting. And it's it's good for Cincinnati because Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati they, needs Tulsa to win this game. They need Tulsa to win all the way up until they play them. So good on yeah. them. Fun Thursday night game. Friday night, we had Minnesota 34, Purdue 31. Um, I'm just here to say it. I, I'm only here to say that Purdue got robbed, but that's... Um, do do tell, Tyler. Why did Purdue get robbed? Because that was not offensive pass interference. No, it wasn't. He was it literally wasn't. just running a route. Like, it was horrible. He ran a route. I the, can't the, even find an area where you could mistake offensive pass interference. He was just like, a Purdue player caught a game-winning touchdown. Must have been no. offensive pass interference. No, there's no way. <laughs> And it's not Rondo Moore, Divbell. No. It's a white tight end. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Which, by the way, wel- welcome back, Rondo Moore. Had a yes. good game. Had a great game. It was nice to see him good out see there. Um, and, yeah, uh, I think the highlight here is the Purdue social media team. 
Um, when, <laughs> so Purdue football tweets the score of the game, whatever, and then Purdue Athletics, their Twitter account, they they quote the tweet and they say this claim is disputed. <laughs> oh man, this is a very rare situation. You know how we that's our thing on this podcast. Bad calls happen. Mm-hmm. You gotta play through it. And I still kind of hold that because yeah, it's first and twenty five now, but. Purdue, you still had a minute, and then you threw a pick after that. So, like, <laughs> you still had a chance. However, it's it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was blatantly it's, bad. It's pretty, like, there's, I can't defend, no one should defend the call because it's stupid, but yeah. um, it's pretty bad. Listen, I just want to say to the junior in, uh, junior at Purdue that is running the Purdue Athletics social media account, I hope you get the internship you want this summer. That's what well, I we, we stand you. We hope I hope you get the internship you want this summer, my my, my guy <laughs> or girl. You deserve it. You deserve it, my my guy or my girl. Um, moving on to the Pac-12, Oregon thirty-eight, UCLA thirty-five. Um, Oregon had the best luck at the end of the first half. <laughs> when you could ever ask for just the, the best luck ever absolute best luck like, the ucla backup quarterback because dorian wasn't playing and i i i this, not, this quarter this quarterback was better this quarterback yeah this he quarterback was, was better he, he was, was better. better but the thing is that oh. i'm not so entrenched in the ucla football program that i know who the backup quarterback is his last name is griffin i don't know the rest so of it. <laughs> so griffin gets clobbered at the line by an oregon defender and the ball just kind of ducks in the air and oregon fruit grab it pick six and they end up taking the lead at halftime because they were losing at the moment. So they take the lead, momentum shifts, and then they end up playing a good competitive game. And then, Tyler, at the end of the football game, what happened? <laughs> what did happen? <laughs> at, the end, no, at, the end, at the end of the game, UCLA turns the ball over as they're going on a drive. Oh. They're, they're like driving. They turn the ball over that would have kicked the field goal to, to yeah, take it. Yeah, I forgot. Which yeah. Just, there's a lot happening. Yes, um, yes. And... <laughs> Oregon got so lucky. <laughs> Oregon got so lucky. And that's the thing where Oregon – it's not that Oregon played bad on offense. Oregon's offense Tyler is – Tyler Shuck is really just like the best quarterback. For is he the best quarterback like, or did Joe Moorhead have to be there a year earlier? Because I, I think he's a good quarterback. Let me let okay, me not well, go mean, out on yeah, the Yeah, yeah. What, what, what I meant was to agree with your take that Tyler Shuck is like perfectly designed for this system. Yes. I yes. mean they would have been in the playoff if Joe Moorhead was there a year earlier. They would have. They would have for and sure. I would They're have. not losing on a Friday Justin night. Justin Herbert and, might have would have been drafted higher. I said been drafted by Washington. I said this. I said this that Herbert would have gone before Tua, Tua if yeah. if that was the case. So wow, interesting. Uh, Oregon, you got lucky there. Next up yeah. on this list, Tyler, a game that we kept multiple eyes on. I don't even want to say kept an eye on. Like I was blatantly watching during the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game. That game was over in the third quarter. Uh we kept <laughs> it, it was on. over when it started. What are you which, talking about? I know. We kept it on because, you know, in this house we are a boomer household and no, we watch yeah. the game. Um but I definitely had more attention on this game in the second half. Georgia 31, Mississippi State 24. JT Daniels, you remember him? The man we mm-hmm, disbarred. I remember. The man we disbarred a few weeks ago. He filed an appeal, Tyler, and we have to reinstate him. We yeah. have to reinstate his bar, light, whatever the hell you call it, his license to lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> he is now a lawyer Lawyers. again. Um, um, he had a day. He had a career high in passing yards, career high in touchdowns, four passing, four passing touchdowns. That's a record for the most of a first-time starting quarterback in Georgia history. It is um, statistically the best performance since Aaron Murray in 2013 against South Carolina. That is insane. 
and he was on the bench. And he's been on the bench for six weeks, Here, seven here's weeks. The thing, and I've never understood about this was like what was always about JT Daniels being listed as active. So I'm like, either he sucks or he's not which I mean then I get why you're not playing him. Uh-huh. Or he's not healthy, in which case, why are you listing him as active? You're just okay, opening so, a question. Here's the thing. He doesn't suck. I was going to say, there's no way he sucks because we just um, saw it happen. So, that so I don't know that, what the rest of this season was for Georgia. Kirby Smart, he, I don't know why you would just put upon yourself this dude, whole – Your last name is a farce. I don't um, understand. JT Daniels had a good game. That's what we're getting he did. at. He shouldn't have had to have a such – okay. Yes. Great game for yes. JT Daniels. Um, and again, I still I love Todd Munkin as the offensive coordinator for Georgia. Like I like this scheme on offense, even in the Florida game where they couldn't execute for crap. Right. But I liked the plays that they were drawing up. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> um Okay, Georgia's defense at home gave up twenty four points to a Mississippi State team that can't score on anyone. They scored on LSU, which has a terrible defense. They scored on Vanderbilt, which is good. And they scored two points against Kentucky. And they scored zero points against Alabama. <laughs> um, and they, Mississippi State's bad. That's what you're getting at. Mississippi yeah, Mississippi State State State's is bad. bad. Mississippi State had 49 scholarship players available. They were under the limit, and they chose to play this game. Which is insane. Which, no, and Mississippi State's defense is actually good. Like, they yeah. actually played well. Mm-hmm. Georgia's defense, what are you doing? I don't get it. I, I, I think something's I think, wrong. Which, I, well, they, they do have some I mean, it injuries. It could just be a bad game. But. They do have injuries, and I think like, we talk about it all the time. Every team is going to have one of those, like, what are you doing type games. Everyone I think, does. I think this was it for the Florida defense because in the first half in that kind of sense, and I think this was it for Mississippi, for Georgia's defense for sure because yeah. there's no way you can really explain. like There's talent on that roster. Kirk, we talk about it all the time. As much as Kirby we don't Smart think, has the like, I think two or three of the last um, three number one classes. Well, not even that, but it's we talk about it all the time where we think Kirby Smart is a fantastic planner of scheming around a system, and mm-hmm. is a fantastic defensive coach in game adjustments. He's fantastic at that. There's no excuse for Mississippi State to put up points and be have the ball at the end of the game to try with a chance, to, to, with go a chance to, to go to overtime like there's no way that's something that should be happening yeah. you know i mean there's a lot of silver linings i mean the big thing is that uh jt daniels is good which honestly that raises just so many more questions yeah um i think kirby smart would have rather have lost this oh sorry won this game the way that they did running the ball more but they couldn't run the ball yeah um and yeah they didn't i don't know which is ironic I, right because it's everything it's weird. Georgia's so weird because they're just ev- weird this year, man. They like, they do the opposite of what you think they're gonna do, and then when you ask them to do a certain thing, they don't do it. You know what I mean? It's it's this flip flop of oh, this week we're gonna run it like it's nineteen eighty four. This week we're gonna throw it like it's two thousand twenty. Like it's so weird, you know? I don't know. This team's interesting. Regardless, the Gators hold a two game lead over the georgia bulldogs i just had to throw that in there just had to throw that yeah, in. yeah nice 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 uh usc um, 33 utah 17 tyler the lights went out in this game i was watching yeah, this football game and it just went black <laughs> they lost the cameras for a little while they did lose um, the cameras for a little while didn't matter it wasn't really much to watch um, no it wasn't you, really. well usc did the thing where they got real they did the minnesota where they got really lucky early in mm-hmm. their wins and now they've kind of built up some momentum i still think that they suck i want to get that off the table like um they're three yeah. and oh and i don't think that they're good 
No, and listen, USC fans. Of their games, like USC fans, should want them to go three and however many games they have left. Three and three. They want them to go three and three. They have three more games left. Uh, the Pac-12 has six games, and I think they just allowed them to schedule non-conference games. So maybe right. more than that. But they so lose lose your games, USC, just, because Urban Meyer wants to coach there. You just can't say it. Yeah, <laughs> legally he can't say it. Uh, next up, NC State fifteen, Liberty fourteen. Tyler, the ending to this game was. Just the most college ending to a football yeah. game. Uh, Liberty's Liberty's lining up to kick a field goal. NC State ends up blocking it, and that's the game. And it's funny because I watched this game. I watched game day, and there was this whole segment about Hugh Freeze where the reporter straight up asked him, "Are you considering? W- w- would you consider a job like South Carolina?" He specifically said, "Like South Carolina." Yeah, the big open one. The big <laughs> one to be a job that would lure you away from Liberty. And he kind of did this credit to Q freeze. He did this kind of tiptoe around. Him. He's like, uh, you know, I'm really happy at all at Liberty. And I really enjoy this and that. And I don't want to rule everything out. There's always an itch to go back to a power five job and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're just trying to do a lot of PR here. So I wonder if this game was just kind of him. He went home and he was like, oh yeah, babe, don't worry. We're to his wife. Like we're, we're leaving as soon as we can. Don't you worry. We're leaving. Don't worry. It's, it's all going to be better. Knowing me freeze. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway, I mean, I don't have much to say about this. I just thought <laughs> the ending. The yeah, ending. I mean, it's yeah. actually, it was way lower scoring than I thought it would be. Oh. Yeah. It was way yeah. less. Like, I expected to like be checking on this game. Be like, oh, what's happening? And nope. Well, oh, well, talk talk about low scoring. Tennessee's second half scoring. Auburn thirty, Tennessee seventeen. Tyler, I'm gonna ask you a question. Oh, give it to How me. many points do you think Tennessee has scored in the second half in their last five games? Uh, let's go with like fourteen. There's got to be like two touchdowns. Fourteen. That's exactly it. Oh, really? It's <laughs> exactly it. And seven of those came in this game. Every oh, <laughs> and then seven came in like three weeks ago or something. Uh, this game Tennessee's two and five. This game, ooh, wow! Would you say it like that? Yikes! They haven't. Um, won, they haven't won a game. You know what their next three games are? Um, don't look. Just, just let me tell you. I know. I know. In two weeks, they have Florida because we play them. They they play Vanderbilt next week. Okay, so not oh, a gimme. Not <laughs> a gimme because it's a rivalry game. They play Florida the week after that, and then they L. play Texas A and M in the last L. Week. They, they will go- probably end the season three and seven. Or two and eight. Or two and eight. Because you know what? Maybe Vandy I'd like wins. To, I'd like to let you stand up on your soapbox again and say that you predicted this very emphatically. I just want to say, I, I'm not I'm not even proud of it. Because... Because we all should have seen this coming. I mean, I did as well. But No, like, no. It, I know you did. I know you did. You just allowed me to be the voice. All these Tennessee believers. I just don't understand, man. I don't understand. And and, and you know what? You know what's even worse? Bo, the bad Bo Nix showed up. This was the bad and Bo And it Nicks. didn't matter. And it didn't matter. You got to take advantage of the bad Bo Nicks. and you didn't, Tennessee. Because yeah. Bo Nicks comes around every once in a while. He's hard to beat, but bad Bo Nicks, you can beat him. You <laughs> can beat him. Listen, listen, he shows up about three quarters of the time. <laughs> listen, Tyler. Let's say they go two and eight. Let's say they lose their next three games. There is no bowl game like limit this year. Like, doesn't matter what your record is, you can be invited to a bowl. Because Tennessee's brand is so big, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they're gonna be invited to a bowl. Could you imagine them going two and nine? Two and nine by losing a bowl game. That as shouldn't well. be possible. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Pruitt might be the first ever coach to sign an extension at the beginning of the season and then get fired at the end of it. Finesse King. Finesse, Finesse King. King. Listen, his agent. I, like, I, 
Nothing but respect just, for the finesse say, Yeah, I got to respect it. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Enough bashing Tennessee. Illinois 41, Nebraska 23. Tyler, dude, I did not see this game. And when I checked the score, I went, oh, Nebraska, why you keep talking? <laughs> why do you keep uh, it talking? Is, it is comedically amazing. It's everything that's happened to Nebraska. When season. people talk about, I'm not even like I don't have any ill will towards Nebraska, but I, I just kind of I hate the arrogance that they show for not having earned it yet. Like, here's the thing: when you look up the word karma in the dictionary, it's just a picture of Nebraska football because <laughs> that's what it is. That's what they are. This it, is karma. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And then they said something before the game, right? And and then they end up losing to Pretty, Illinois. This wasn't this wasn't even a contest. Illinois <sighs> kicked their. But like Jeez. Illinois and Bobby Nebraska Smith. was at home. Nebraska was at home. Oh my gosh! They were wearing their black uniforms. They were in the black shirts, and I, I just Scott Frost. I, I can't even. You know what? I can't even blame it on Scott Frost. I I can't either. But I can't. My, I will say that it was. It's my an one institutional thing that, problem. That I, it's my one thing that I did say was going to be the, the issue for Scott Frost, and I was wondering to see if he could come, overcome it because mm-hmm. the entire. Everything at UCF was predicated on one thing above all else, speed. Mm-hmm. And that's easy to do because you're in Florida. Yeah. That has not been – he hasn't been able to find that. No. Um, in, it also, doesn't, it also does, so. doesn't help that he tried to take a an elite group of five staff into a conference like the Big Ten to then try and just replicate that, you know? Yeah. So. so. Hey, I want to break in here before we continue. We got breaking news. This, we're recording this on around 3 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Joe Burrow was just carted off the field. Ooh, hope he's okay. For yeah, it does not look good. They say it was a knee injury, and he was carted off. So not a good, not a good sign for Burrow. I hope, hope he's, he's okay. Hope he's okay. You know, given we're talking about college football, and he is statistically the best quarterback in college football history. Um, yeah. You know, hope he gets better. Hope he feels better. Uh, quickly, Tyler. We wow, we've talked for a long time about these games. Let's go ahead and uh, rush through these things here. Two these minute last drill. Three. Two-minute drill. We got Missouri 17, South Carolina 10. I made the mistake of allegedly wagering on South Carolina because I thought it was, you know, the no, fired. What are you doing? Like, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. It was the fired coach. The team rallies around the interim they just guy. They're like three top defensive backs just opt out immediately after I'm the a, was fired. I'm like, aware, okay? I'm just trying to just trying to find an angle. I made the mistake. That's all I got to say. I'm more just upset Missouri didn't win by more. Like, it's kind of, ind- it's kind of indicting. Like, um. Oh, my. Okay, a team that won by a lot. Iowa beat Penn State 41-21, to and Penn State is 0-5. Penn State's worst start since 1877. Not 1977, Tyler. 1877. So, like, yeah, literally, worst start ever. Um, 0-5. Yeah, it's bad. Let it's me, bad. Let me put this on the table right here. We are not going to have the James Franklin discussion the way we had no. the Jim Har- John Harbaugh discussion. Jim Harbaugh discussion. No, 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 no. Because when you look at, A, all the players that opted out at the beginning of the season, B, all the injuries they've had, and C, the fact that poor James Franklin is not living with his family because his daughter tough, like- has an immunocompromised disease and doesn't want to risk her. So, like, it's been a tough year for, for Happy Valley. I think they're just going to, and we've said this before, play the young guys, get them the reps, Eligibility doesn't yeah. matter this year. I think this Throw is just away. the re- I think this is just the 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 build uh, the uh, rebuilding year. I agree. So and I, that's okay. That's okay. And that's okay. Cause, exactly. Because James Franklin has done enough for me to be like, 
you get this one season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. All right, last game. Washington 44, Arizona 27. The time has come. It's the annual time of the year where I stand up and I'm going to pound this table for pound my it. Washington Huskies. Pound it. 2-0. and Pound this it. Game was, this game was 37-0 when it mattered. Um, and then Arizona scored basically all of their points when Washington pulled their starters. <laughs> like, um, So I didn't say anything lastly. So Washington beat Oregon State. Good team. Good game. Mm-hmm. Mostly just by running the ball. They remind me very much of the the 2019 San Francisco 49ers where they can just run the ball in basically any way yeah, that they want to. Yeah, yeah. Very creative run game. Great defense. Jimmy Lake's great. Um, I was worried though, however, because it was the Oregon State game. Dylan Morris didn't really have to do much to win mm-hmm. uh, the quarterback. Like, and that's fine. That's great. But I was like, that's not going to beat Oregon. He played really well in this game. Mm-hmm. In a game where they weren't really, and again, it's Arizona. Uh, but like, they weren't really challenged. They were, but, Dylan Morris was able to throw the ball all over the place. Good, because this is this that, is one of the few good. games. That's really good. Like, I was gonna ask you because this is one of the few games I didn't get a chance to watch highlights for, and I wanted to know. I when you see a score like forty four twenty seven, I know exactly. I figured that the twenty seven was gonna be garbage time Arizona points. It's all garbage time. because well because I know Jimmy Lake is a fantastic defensive coach, but I was gonna ask you. Good, I'm glad that the offense has some yeah, kind I mean, of life to it. They will see. They've they've had great running ability for both games. Mm-hmm. That's been there. But the passing did seem to take a step forward in this game. Granted, they're playing Arizona, not a good team at all. Yeah, but sometimes you need but, you need those teams to, to get your feet on yourself. But you, you still, but still, they could have won this game without throwing a pass, and they they decided they did what the San Francisco 49ers should have done with Garoppolo, <laughs> where it's just where like they should open up more when they're winning, so that they can be more comfortable throwing later when they need to. Yep. They didn't need to throw to win this game, but they decided to, and they opened it up. And Dylan Morris looked good. He threw a lot of yards. Uh, he threw for some touchdowns, and mm-hmm. the running game still looks great. I, you know, Washington's gonna win the Pac-12, but I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't mean that. Like I might in a couple weeks, but like, yeah, settle down, Tyler. I I know it's this time of year. These where are my, usually... This is the time of the year where I get really hyped about Washington. It again. is, like, but but it's not the it's not the team, man. It's not the point in the schedule because of this weird 2020 That's season. A good point. There you go. All right, Tyler, let's go into five wide real quick. I just want to say it right now. I got all five of the five wide correct. Look, look at, at me. Look at look at God. Look at God. What he do. Let's start off with Indiana, Ohio State. Ohio State won 42-35. Justin Fields had three interceptions in this football game. Indiana had over 450 offensive yards. Tyler, they had negative two rushing yards. They literally did not run the football. And and guess what? Ohio State couldn't stop the pass. <laughs> um, In- incredible, incredible. I, you know, when I said last week that it's like the way that Indiana wins is with their wide receivers downfield. Mm-hmm. I expected them to win. I did not expect this. Like no, Indiana. No. Michael Penix Jr. and his receiving core they made some plays. There were some 50-50 balls that definitely might not go that way if they do them again. But yeah, like there definitely they were some plays. times they made explosive downfield plays. And Ohio State is the better team. They won by a touchdown. This was good because this was a game that – there's two ways to look at this if you're looking at Ohio State. One, mm-hmm. the good way, you won a game where you struggled. Right. That's good. That's that's not a thing that you should take slightly. Because we don't like everybody has a bad game, and, and if you mm-hmm. can still win that, that means you're a good team. And then let me And let me just clarify that real quick. It's not like they were playing a bad Michigan State team. 
They yeah. played a top ten Indiana, an Indiana team that has proven to us that they deserve to be in the top fifteen Indiana only at the very least. To twelve, like they, yeah, they were, they, they played really well. They're a good football yeah. team. Um, the other way though is you have to be a little concerned in the fact that like Ohio State's not really going to have anyone be able to challenge their defense mm-hmm. like Indiana until they maybe get to the playoffs. That's a little concerning mm-hmm. in the sense of like. In the sense, everybody always makes this argument against Clemson, where it's just like Clemson won't be ready for the the offenses they face in the playoff because mm-hmm. they don't play similar ones in the ACC. Valid criticism never really seems to matter, but um, that's even more valid in the case of Ohio State. Now, what other team? Indiana is the only team on their schedule that is remotely able to to challenge their defensive backs down the field yeah. the way that Clemson would be able to, the way that right. Alabama would be able to. Mm-hmm. I would argue Notre Dame would, Florida certainly would. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these playoff contending teams, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they still have Justin Fields on their sideline, so it really not, right. probably won't matter. But um, and I think I think future, one, Jackson, future Jacksonville Jaguar Justin Fields. <laughs> and I think one thing um, one thing that happened with future Jacksonville Jaguar Justin Fields is that they kind of forced him to throw more than he needed to. They got to yeah. a point where they depended too much on the pass, even though the run game was working for them. Um, see, Urban Meyer when he was the coach, mm-hmm. like he was a little too reliant on the QB run game. I think Ryan Day just needs to stick to the run game. Period. Like, <laughs> this is Ohio State. You have good running backs. Like, yeah, there's a they're a good you team. You run the ball. Like, so I feel like if they would have kept running the football, it would have been a different outcome. Would have looked a little, little bit better. Um, but on the Indiana side, credit to them. They were down twenty eight to seven at half. Like, this was a game that they ended up coming back. You know, they they played really well. They scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Ohio State didn't score in the fourth. Uh, it was a good football game. And did you see um, the video? that Indiana put out of Tom Allen kind of hyping up his team. And I don't know if it was at halftime or if it was post game, regardless the way that he says that I'm proud of you guys. We're playing good football. We got tons of football left. You, you know, we played a bad first half, but that's okay. You know, we, we respond mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. That team really likes Tom Allen. That team and that, looks, and that's, looks it's good. good to note because Indiana did not play well in the first half and they nope. played really well in the second half. Yep. <laughs> like, it's indicative um, of, of, of their coach, which is, so. which is good. Um, we both got that because we both picked Ohio State. Next one, Tyler, was a game that was going on at the same time. App State, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina won 34-23. I got the point. You picked App State, which, by the way, I was scared when you sent me those icy white uniforms. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was feeling real you. good about my pick. <laughs> and in the first drive, App State gets like a I – don't, I don't know if it was a run. I think it was a run. It was just – out to the outside, they go from their own 20 to the opposing 20. There's a big play, and they got all white. Diego comes by. Diego's like, oh, good play. And I was like, yeah, that looked like a – oh, shoot, I forgot. They were wearing the all whites. It looks so nice. Man, and I got nervous. I got really nervous yeah. start of the game. Um, Axe played well enough to win this game because the yeah. score's a little deflated because it was a pick six on the final drive. Yeah, to, exactly. Uh, bring it, it was but, close uh, the entire way through. Good on Coastal Carolina. This was a great game. Mm-hmm. This, I, this was a great game. Yeah. It was really good, and Coastal Carolina showed that that offense is legit, and they can they can really spread the field if they want to, you know. Yeah, which is good. Absolutely, I got the point there. Tyler did not. Uh, next up, Northwest, the opposite of a wide open game. Uh, Northwestern seventeen, Wisconsin seven. Talk about Big Ten football. You, I was gonna say, you know what? Congratulations to Wisconsin and Northwestern for reminding the country that those high flying offenses. It's not everywhere. It's not everywhere. We can still have one of those hard-nosed Big Ten games. People protested to watch this type of football. Like, <laughs> I loved it. I adored it. 
I'm sure you loved it. <laughs> you know I loved it because I picked Northwestern. You picked Wisconsin. I ended Basically, up getting that point. Nothing happened in the second half. Really, <laughs> um, everything important in this game happened in the first half. Mm-hmm. I will say Wisconsin was missing like several of their top wide receivers, and yeah. it showed. They, yeah, they had nothing. They had nothing yeah. for. They didn't get any that. separation, um, which is the big thing. Graham Mertz was because this is the worst situation to put a Wisconsin team in where they have to throw. Yeah. Because Wisconsin's passing game is great, but mm. also usually when there's a threat that they don't have to do it. Like, right. And it's right. not even the play action. It's just sense. It's just the mental part of like not knowing where it's going to come from. But if Wisconsin's not a team that can beat you when they know you're throwing. Like Florida and Alabama's a team where like you could know Alabama's going to throw. It probably won't matter. Mm-hmm. That's right. not the case with Wisconsin. And, you know, credit to Northwestern. They, they Northwestern plays Northwestern football and great win they're gonna yeah. win the west so. yeah yeah for sure as a joey Ga- as joey gatewood galloway said uh they are the flying uh reese davises did you hear about that <laughs> yeah i did so the flying reese davises listeners uh joey joey galloway on on an episode of i think college football final said that northwestern is just a team full of flying reese davises because they're they're all like five foot ten and built the same way as reese davis where they're in shape and stuff but they're not like big hard-nosed football players and stuff you know what that means? You know what what that is means? what does that mean? They're white. Yeah, I was gonna say what a, what a, what a great um. little innuendo. But that's the thing, and they kind of took it as an offense. We're in the post game press conference. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald mentioned it, and then players are coming behind him yelling like Reese Davises, Reese Davises. <laughs> it was hysterical, man. Hey, find motivation where you can. Find um, it where you can. They, they won. Can. They won the football game. Congrats to them. Um. Yes. Next up, we got Cincinnati UCF. Cincinnati won 36-33. We both got the points there. Um, UCF made this game closer towards the end and at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning and at the end is where UCF kind of showed up. The, the second and third quarter, Cincinnati is like, oh, oh no, Cincinnati's the way better football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, this was this was a game that I didn't get a chance to watch completely. I watched like the beginning, and then I ended up kind of catching a bit of the middle while we were picking up food. Because the place, the pizza place we went to, had the had the game on. Nice. And I did the pizza. thing where like I was standing next to Raul. Raul was ordering, and he did the thing where I was like, "Did you want anything else?" And I was like, "Huh? Oh, sorry." Because <laughs> I was watching UCF. I do that all the time. Um, and so yeah, Cincinnati just the defense, man. The defense. Listen, so good. they held UCF to thirty three points. It's pretty good. That's really good. That's really I, good. I gotta say. Mm. This was almost disastrous for Cincinnati. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> that fourth and goal play with like two seconds left, where they probably get a score touchdown if they do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it should probably be a 10 point win. They bobbled the snap and almost <laughs> lost it. Would have been like a 99 yard fumble recovery for UCF. Would have been a great I would have laughed my butt off. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, would have made, would have made Alexa smile. Alas, nah. it did not. Um, but we went with Cincinnati. But again, if Alexa asked, I went with UCF. Uh, Oklahoma exactly. State 13, Oklahoma 41. Bedlam, baby. Wasn't even, close. Wasn't Wasn't even close. close. 14 points off the jump. Uh, I saw a tweet, I think it was by Alex Kirshner. He said, like, I'm always shocked at how much of a wild, wacky game this is billed when Oklahoma has won, I think it's like 80% of these games all time. It's the same way I feel about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry where they're just like, this is one of the greatest rivalries. I'm like, is it though? Yeah, like, is it? <laughs> right. There's not really back and forth. It doesn't really feel like can it. I, like, can I tell you the quote of the evening? 
What? At the beginning of the game, they're showing the whole hype tape and stuff, and the game starting. Diego comes out, he sits down, and it's quiet. And Diego goes, "It must suck for Oklahoma State knowing that that's their biggest game, but it's never our biggest game." <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" He's like, "Oh yeah, Texas is hands down our biggest game of the year. It uh, must absolutely. suck for them." And I was like, "Well, little brother complex." He goes, "Yep, little brother it's complex. A big deal. It's a big. It deal. is. It's a big deal." Um, speaking of football on the field, uh. The Oklahoma offense just ran the ball into oblivion. Just ran the ball into they figured, oblivion. They figured it out. They figured it out. It was easy. It was easy. They and let's let's not say, you know, that this game wasn't Oklahoma throwing the ball either. You know? Yeah. This was a fantastic football game. Rattler ends up having only uh oh, I'm sorry, that's Spencer Sanders. I was like, nah, that's no way. Rattler has three hundred and one yards and four touchdowns at one point at halftime holly rose said she talked to spencer rattler and she was like oh your first bedlam how you how you feeling and he's like ah we'll turn it up in a bit and eh, this will be over real quick i was like oh my gosh spencer rattler <laughs> the confidence oh my um, gosh big boy so Rahamdre stevenson 26 yeah. carries 141 yards that man is i got a text from a friend he said he's the next eddie lacy and i was like that makes a little bit of sense but I've never seen a man be so big, so slow, yet so agile. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the combination of running slow but also being really agile that I just didn't understand. I always love those athletes that are clearly not slow, but they look <laughs> like they're slow. Exactly. Like, like when they run, they look like they're slow, but they're moving. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Fantastic game if you're an Oklahoma fan like we are in this house. Um Sorry, Oklahoma State. This puts Oklahoma at second in the Big 12 behind your Iowa State Cyclones. Let's do it. Are we going to end up I'm having for it. Are we going to have this this sideline judgment? You damn right we are. Where you damn we are, right. Your boy Brock Purdy is going to go up against uh the Oklahoma Sooners here? Again, he's going to roast him again just like oh, he did last time. Uh, we're going to move on before this Iowa State's going to be the one seed in the Big 12 championship, which like Win or not, that's going to be amazing. That will be amazing. That will be amazing. Um, Again, Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. <laughs> Two points. Tyler ended up getting, speaking of Iowa State, Iowa State 45 yeah. over Kansas State. They put never up doubt. zero points. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Tyler gets his two points. Has Iowa State ever lost in the All Blacks? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know because they always wear them in like really big – well, this wasn't a big game. But every time they wear them, they like kill. They wear people. them. They <laughs> wear them once a year, and it's like, oh, are they wearing the? U yeah, yeah. No, don't bet against them. Don't bet against them. No. Don't bet against them. Yeah. Um. I, Brock Purdy, like Brock Purdy's been getting better. The offense has been getting better, and mm -hmm. it's great. It's one of those things we talk about a lot. It's like they they got lucky a little bit, uh -huh. and they played well, but they got lucky early, and now they're really starting to hit their stride. Yeah, but, yeah, and you can tell too, and you can tell. Uh, that was your two point. You get the points. And my two point was Arkansas over LSU. And LSU wins 27-24. And I just want to say college kickers. Because <laughs> it was a 44-yard field goal to send the game to overtime. And my man, the Arkansas field goal kicker, was like seven yards short. I was yeah. like, really, dude? I was like, really? Was That's how we lose the game? Because you know, I, I, gotta... I, be I bet you if we go to, they go to overtime, Arkansas has a legit shot. That's the thing. Where Arkansas was at home, this is a rivalry game. There's a trophy. I really thought it was going to happen. And just a, yeah. a college kicker cost me the sweep in 5-wide two-point this hey, week. Hey, um, here's my analysis of this game. Mm -hmm. um, Arkansas didn't convert a single third down. 
Other than that, they played great. <laughs> <laughs> they outgained LSU. They looked better than LSU, yeah. but they didn't. They couldn't convert a single third down. I know. Ah, uh, uh, oh boy. Anyway, whatever. Um, all right. So the score to date, we're still down. We're still separated by two points. Tyler forty three, Sergio forty one. Man, I I could I I could have had the first ever sweep. I don't think we've. I don't think either one of us has ever swept the whole week. Lies. I swept when that that uh, I swept which week. In, Okay, so are you talking about sweep like you pick, get every pick you make, right? Or you yes. get all the possible points against your person? No, no, you pick you pick everything you, you get. Oh, right. yeah, no, I don't think I've ever had that. No, 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 and I think I, I would have had this. almost had it, I almost had it. almost had it. Oh, man. And we would have tied. It would We would have been tied if that's the case. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Um, all right, Tyler, that's it for Rep Reaction 2.5 wide, all that. Uh, what's your moment of the week before we wrap up? It's not a great moment, but... Um, we got to talk about the FSU Clemson game getting canceled. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. That's horrible. Um, I'm still not really quite sure who who was the reason it got canceled, but I think I know. Like, really? Then, really, Tyler? Do you you think you think that uh, Clemson would um, have been like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we'll will we have to play one of our backup offensive linemen? I guess we can't play. Like, um, I think, yeah, I no. think it was, I mean, it may have been Clemson's fault, but it is 100% in my opinion was FSU's decision to duck a game. You know what this is? You know what this is? This is when you're invited to go out and you don't want to, and you end up finding a, like something comes up that is legitimate that like, you know, you say like, Hey, look, my, my toilet's leaking. I need to fix it. Like that's legit, right? Like that's definitely legit. If that's you, real. It's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent legit. But you know, make could could you fix it the next morning? Probably, you probably could. Um, you probably could still go out and fix the toilet the next morning. Me every time somebody's like, "No, nah, I got to clean my house tonight." I'm like, "On a Friday night, yeah, you can do that tomorrow morning." Like, exactly, exactly. Like, um, That's what I feel but, happened. But at the same time, let's put on our understanding hats and say, yes. "Yeah, you don't." You, that the player traveled with the team, and yeah. you don't want to risk it's, all that. It's, I get it's, that. It's 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 worth saying. I'm not trying to like say that. Like, here's the thing. I actually applaud Mike Norvell for the strategy here. Mm-hmm. What do you have to gain from playing Clemson right well, now? Well, you Coming know what this does. Loss and a bye week. You, However, uh-huh. how that's where I was going next. Where you're about <laughs> to go? They're gonna play this game at some point. Uh huh. Because Clemson needs to. They got because if they don't, if they don't, if, if okay. If they don't play this game, they don't get to play the ACC championship as long as Miami wins out. Because uh, I think the way that the schedule ends out and the winning percentage, because in the ACC, it's all about the top two winning percentages. Exactly. And Miami will have played one more game than them if they don't reschedule it. If Clemson doesn't reschedule this game, Clemson will miss out on the ACC championship. The ACC ain't letting that happen. No. Um, no so no, no, no. the only reason I really bring this up in the moment of the week is that, like, while I actually think it was smarter, Mike Norvell, in a job security and good for his team to avoid mm-hmm. playing Clemson. You're just going to get smacked harder next time. Not even that. No, you're right. That is, that is that. That's, a, I was sure that. get that's true. Blasted by Clemson now. Cause now Clemson was going to take out their frustrations from losing Notre Dame on FSU, but there was going to be no ill will in it. They were just exactly. trying to take out their frustrations. It's strictly business. Now strictly they're just going to be mad at FSU. Yeah, exactly. Before <laughs> um, it was strictly business. Worse. <laughs> now it's personal. Exactly. Yeah. You know what this does though? What? Shout out to Mike Norvell. You want to know why? Why? For not losing, Mike Norvell himself, 
not losing to a single one of FSU's rivals in his first year. He didn't lose to Clemson yet. <laughs> he didn't lose to Miami because he wasn't there. And he's not going to lose to Florida. Finesse King. Finesse. Him and Jeremy Pruitt should start a podcast. And Willie Taggart for the finesse money. Like I, I'm, We forget Willie Taggart's still collecting that money from FSU. If I was Willie Taggart, I don't think I'd ever leave FAU. Like, um, no. You know what Raul get- told me today? What you said? Guess who the first? Guess who the only first year head coach with the? Guess who the first year head coach with the best football record is this year? And I was like, let me guess, Willie Taggart. What said. team would Raul think it is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Willie Taggart. So he's doing well in Boca, and we like him down there at FAU. So my moment of the week, Tyler. I ordered the college ESPN college football encyclopedia. Wait, <gasps> I'm doing a project nice. for a class, and I needed some like numbers and research. And it came in. It's like 1,500 pages. It's all black with just like a red, like shiny um, back of the book and stuff, like nice. spine of the book. It's fantastic. We're looking through it, Raul, Diego, and I. We're just like hanging in the living room, Prime reading things about teams. Stuff. Did you know? Oh, boy. In Steve Spurrier's tenure as Florida coach, he never law, He never won less than nine games. Really? He won at least Never nine once. games in every single one of his seasons. And that was back when they played 11 games a season, not 12. Exactly. Yeah, and he won nine games at Holy a minimum crap. in every single one of his seasons. That's that's some dominant stuff right there. That's some <laughs> dominance, dude. Oh, I didn't my realize gosh. that. <laughs> and then I, I forced um, I forced Diego to look at the stats from the 94-95 games. No, from the 95 game when we played in Athens. And I told him the story how, um, how Spurrier – Decided he was like, I'm just gonna set all the passing record, all the records here, all of them, because I don't want, I want just like my mark to be made. He was like, why did he hate them? And he was like, he never beat George as a player, so as a, player. As, a po- as a coach, he just annihilated them. I don't think he ever, he, he never lost Georgia, right? Uh, he lost one time out of eleven tries. Oh my gosh! Wow. It was like I think it was like uh, one of the '98 teams that were like okay but not great. The rebuild lost, after the '90. Yeah, he lost one. He was it was right out. It was after the Danny Warfel years. So '90. Um, '98. '98. Well, Danny Warfel's last game last season was '96 when they won the national. So then the '97 um, year. I think yeah, I see the '97 or '98. They won one. He only he went one and eleven against Georgia while he was at Florida. So you know what? I can just go into sorry, the sorry. Book. He went eleven and one. Sorry. <laughs> I can go into the book and find out. I can go check it. So Fact that's check. my that's my moment of the week. It was cool. I that's was like cool. we were like that looking through. Cool. We found out that at Oklahoma, there were three sets of brothers that played at o- OU, and combined they made five All America teams. Oh and my like God. to this day, people at the end of like pregame prayers at the end will say, "And God bless Mrs. Whatever the last name is," because they gave her like three it's players. Like how we are with the Townsends. That's what I said. I said, "Oh yeah, similarly, but definitely not as important because not they're the punters. Because they're uh, punters. Um, yeah, the Townsend family. So that's how I said. So incredible. Yeah, incredible. Uh, other moment of the week, real quick. Uh, Steelers are currently beating the Jacksonville Jaguars seventeen three, and I am here for it. Fantastic. Um, I love it, but I do need love the, to see the tank. I do need the Steelers to start lo- to lose a game. I need them to lose the game because well, it's not going to be this week, buddy. That's fine. That's fine. I was, you know, I, I said, you know what? I love my friend so much that I'm going to forego my cheering of I need the Steelers to lose a game because I know that the tank needs to work for you. But um, this undefeated business, that's not going to work for me. That's as a Dolphin fan, this is not going to work for me. I need them to lose a football game. I need them Why? to lose a football game. Just, just to... No, no, because there will not be, and I'm saying this confidently, securely. Oh, always, always so long as I right. am alive. I forgot about that. So long as I am alive, 
there will not be another undefeated football team in the NFL. The 1970s Dolphins will remain the only undefeated team in history. <laughs> you can guarantee it. I'm talking, I'm talking if the Steelers make the Super Bowl this year undefeated, I might have to go down to Tampa and— you might take a baseball bat off your own. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not going to incriminate myself. Not saying I won't, but I'm not saying I will. Just, just feel like that, that Peyton Manning SNL kiss. SNL skit. <laughs> He's just throwing yeah, the ball at the kids. I'll, I'll kill a stitch. Not saying I have or I have it, but I will. <laughs> I think oh, that's God. a great. I think that's a great oh. place to end it, Tyler. Okay. Um, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but do not forget Kyle Trasker Heisman. Kyle Trasker Heisman.